Hello, and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number 204. My name is John, and joining me today, this Book of Boba Fett release day, is uh, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hi. Happy uh, happy Boba Day. Uh, no, I, I think there's got to be some kind of Fatness or something. You know, there's got to be some kind of better Mary yeah. Fatness or, you know. Um, Life Fat? Life Fat. Nah, I don't it's know like about that. Life one. day and life debt. Life. Oh, oh but okay. also Boba Fett. You I know, see. if if I have to explain it, it's not good. So no, we'll just we'll could, throw that one out as well. I think that could work if there was a verb in front of it. You know what I mean? Like mm. if you, like, I wish you a happy life, fat or something like that. Maybe you know what I mean. But mm. if you just say life fat. It just sounds like a couple of words that don't uh, necessarily go together. Welcome um, to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I think does? I've been, long made the argument that two things that do go together really well are the holidays and Star Wars. So we're going to mm. open up our show, which of course will mostly be our uh, initial reactions here to the uh, first episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, we'll open the show by talking about um, our Star Wars experiences uh, with the holidays here uh, that mm. just passed. So uh, I think specifically we're talking about products. We're talking about merchandise. We're talking about mm-hmm. things that we attained um, as gifts, right? So yeah, a little bit more on the capitalist side mm, of Christmas yeah. than the Christian side of it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Ryan, uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your your holiday, your Star Wars holiday? Well, I got the Lord of the Rings films on 4K Blu-ray. Mm, okay. Oops, I would, wrong podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I did get those, and that rules. Um, but uh, no, I actually got. Uh, you know, that's it, that's exciting because it's you know the highest uh, visual fidelity um, imaginable for something I really love. Um, but then, uh, actually, the highlight of my. Uh, my Christmas presents um, was my wife uh, got me a CRT TV with a built-in VCR that mm-hmm. she uh, got off uh, Facebook Marketplace, and um, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty solid CRT TV. Um, but I the real exciting part of it, and this is the part that she didn't even know about, um, and this is a life day miracle uh was i was testing it out and was like oh i wonder if the the vcr works and so like i found which i weirdly do still have some like vhs tapes like i have like these you know 90s video game vhs tapes and so i went and got one of those and then i was like trying to put it in i was like wait there's already something in here and i hit the eject button and there was none other than the THX version of A New Hope already in the VCR. So, yeah, I mean, as you said, Life Day Miracle, that's uh, what are the chances? You know what I mean? Um, although, as I say that out loud, the chances are pretty decent because it's got to be one of the most popular VHS tapes ever. Right. But still, yeah, you so know, and specifically that version of it, I feel like was like a quintessential VHS tape. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, Christmas Eve, I just, uh, 
sat down and you know watched uh, watched a new hope from about the halfway point on uh, THX VHS and it was wonderful. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, some people time um, starting a new hope with uh, the new year, which is coming up in a few days, Ryan, uh, time it so that the Death Star explodes at midnight. You could do that with your VHS tape. Although, yeah. actually, I recommend you do that with a Blu-ray or a Disney Plus because it'd probably be a lot tougher with the analog VHS tape to get the time exactly, you know, exactly right. It might be um, more rewarding, though. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, I have a CRT television in the room that I'm in right now and a VCR and, uh, it's a pretty fun, fun item to have, especially, you know, most of us, uh, have been separated from that long lost love, the CRT TV, you know, the mm-hmm. VHS tape, um, scan lines, etc. We've been separated from those things for a long time. So it's fun to, to return to those, you know, and, and get that, uh, get that experience back again so yeah i was pretty excited when you sent over the texts of your your new iowa uh tv (laughs) with the vcr built in so that's cool any other uh star wars uh items or uh, star wars experiences this holiday for you no that was it okay okay yeah my uh my my holiday was pretty light on star wars stuff as well because uh well i don't know why i had a few things books and things on my on my list but uh didn't really get too much um, of those kinds of things. I don't think I received any Star Wars presents this year, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I'm old now, you know, so usually just uh, get a couple of presents from a few family members and that's it. Um, so I'm pretty sure, yeah, I didn't get any Star Wars stuff. But um, I did get some Star Wars hand-me-downs over the holiday break here. Um, and since the last time we recorded, which are pretty cool, uh, my little brother was in town and he um, uh, years ago had found this like Han Solo mini fridge on the side of the road in Chicago and uh, it didn't work. So, um, it had been at his father-in-law's house, um, kind of in storage for the last couple of years. And, um, his father-in-law got to tinkering with it and was able to kind of fix it up so that it, it operates. And, uh, my mm. brother, he lives, he lives in, in LA and, uh, I guess he didn't want to bring it back with him or, you know, didn't have room for it. And, uh, so he gave it to me. So yeah, I've got this little Han Solo mini fridge, which I'll use the, um, the fridge part of it, maybe, you know, here or there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep it on and running all the time, you know, um, as a refrigerator, but it has a separate switch on the back to just turn these little red, um, light bulbs at the bottom. Um, it's just Han Solo and carbonite. Did I say that? Yeah, but anyway, it's a Han Solo and carbonite fridge. It looks like a big block of carbonite, and when you turn the lights on, um, it puts this like red glow on his face and hands and stuff, um, like he's being thawed out from from carbonite. So um, that is pretty sweet, and I uh, was pretty excited to get that. Love and then, um, yeah, yeah, a couple other friends uh, gave me um, their uh, a Star Wars uh, Darth Vader bank, like a piggy bank. Um, Mm. it's like ceramic and stuff. And so I put that in my youngest son's room. So that's pretty cool. And then they also had the, um, I don't know if you remember, there was like a remote control Dio, um, toy. It was sort of like a, it was, what were the BB-8 and the R2? What was that brand? The Spiro. 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 Yeah. Spiro. That's right. Spiro. Um, it's sort of like that, but, but bigger and not quite as advanced, like technologically or whatever. Do you remember this, Ryan? The, the Dio? remote control uh, thing 
I don't know. It's got like a little stand <laughs> that it sits in and there's like a little ball that like Dio can like follow the ball around or something like that. Um, I don't know. I haven't used it yet. I just charged it up last night, but, uh, but I was pretty excited to get that as well. Um, cause I like Dio, you know, and I like, uh, I love getting like star Wars stuff that I didn't necessarily have like the motivation to go out and spend the 50 bucks on or whatever. Yeah. A couple of years later, like when other people are like, well, I don't really want that anymore. Then I'm like, okay, <laughs> I want it. You know what I mean? So, totally. so that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 So I think that's it for, um, our, or Star Wars holiday experiences. I mean, I'm planning on watching some some Star Wars uh, over the break here. We uh, we recently watched um, Star Wars and Empire in the last couple of weeks, so we're going to watch Jedi soon. And uh, yeah, we'll see from there some more Star Wars stuff. I did watch. Um, I, I had on uh, Galaxy of Sounds and um, what were the other ones called? Galaxy of Sounds and Biomes and the flyovers, the fly throughs. Um, mm. Had that stuff on the other night in the background. That was pretty fun. So nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into the main event here, Ryan. Mm-hmm. We are here mm-hmm. today to talk about the book of Boba Fett, which debuted um, today. <laughs> a lot of a lot of listeners, you know, maybe or or, or friends, stayed up until two o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the morning or whatever it is their time. Uh, but for you and I, I believe it premiered this morning as soon as we woke up. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. F- uh, 5.30 a.m. for mm. me. Okay. Mine was up. more about like 6.15, 6.30, something like that. So mm. we're probably watching very similar time, actually. When you oh, yeah. In that, that time difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I stuck with my my normal Mando routine of just like grabbing the iPad off of the nightstand and pretty much firing it up right there. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I stuck with that and, uh, and, uh, it felt like, um, in some ways, anyways, it felt like watching an episode of the Mandalorian, um, in terms of like Mm -hmm. fonts and presentation and, and stuff like that. It was, uh, very clearly in that, 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 uh, Mandalorian family, you know? Um, so yeah, but, uh, anyway, so did my normal Mandalorian routine. You did as well. Watched it early in the morning and, uh, I've only watched it once. Did you, uh, I assume that's true for you too. Yes, I watched it. Sorry. I just got, uh, I just got my, uh, COVID test results and I tested positive. So oh, <laughs> I was oh. a little distracted. Okay. Um, sure. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. Okay. Uh, well that sucks. Um, but anyways, I guess I'll just stay here and, uh, watch Star Wars, um, for the next few days. But, um, yeah, so I watched it. <sighs> I watched it like one and a half times because um, I first watched it um, on my on my TV through my PS5 this morning. Um, and uh, that. Um, so I guess like one of the things about watching it um, initially is I could not. And this is something we've been like kind of talking about in through you know, texting and our text chain and stuff from based on like the trailers and previews and stuff. Um, it it's always looked a little too clean and digital um, to me. And mm-hmm. it's there's something like off putting about that. And so like I watched it on my, uh, you know, my 4K TV and my, uh, 
you know, through my PS5 this morning. And I was like, yeah, this looks really clean and digital. And it's especially weird because like we're on Tatooine, which is like generally a setting we're used to seeing like, you know, uh, you know, grains of sand and film grains um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. across them. And so then I, uh, I was like, okay, maybe, um, maybe it'll look a little different on like, um, like a smaller screen, um, you know, uh, like a a lower resolution. So I watched like a little bit. I watched like half of the episode on my uh, on my computer on my monitor um, to see if it was like a a TV issue um, kind of thing. And uh, no, I think it's I think that's just the kind of the way it's shot. <laughs> So that's the long answer to your question of how many huh. times did I watch it, and uh, I guess also one of my chief grievances. Okay, yeah, the look of it. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, we can talk about that sort of as we go, but uh, I noticed that a little bit, um, although I, I wasn't thinking about it too much as I watched it, but I do think, um, yeah, it does look a little cleaner or maybe a little more brightly lit or something than... Um, than the Mandalorian. I don't know if that's just mm-hmm. in my head or what, but I do think I noticed that as well. So, um, yeah, interesting observation. Um, so yeah. What do you think, Ryan? Should we talk, um, should we talk overall impressions or do you want to kind of just go through and then sort of. Let's do impressions first. Impressions let's, first. Yeah. Let's do impressions first. You, you okay. go ahead. Oh, me go ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I, I enjoyed it and I think it is kind of what I expected so far anyway, in that it is, um, uh, well so far anyway, I, it's only the first episode, right? But it, 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 it's just kind of a cool Boba Fett story so far. You know what I mean? Um, I guess in terms of, of like what I took away from it, I was like, well, that was good. You know, like I enjoyed it. It was, it was cool. Um, I feel like, like right, right away I was like, Oh, this is a Robert Rodriguez type thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, I shouldn't say Robert Rodriguez type thing as if I'm like an expert on his work, but I'd noticed a different feeling and look to it right away. Um, some of the camera movement and transitions and things like it just didn't feel straight out of the, the star Wars style guide and playbook, like a lot of other star Wars stuff mm. does. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it definitely felt a little different than, than other stuff did um or has but uh yeah i mean I, I don't think i was blown away but uh i did i did enjoy it i just think it's like a pretty uh at least so far you know and there have been they have the, the creators have have promised some surprises and, and maybe some twists and things but so far it's um kind of what i would have expected a boba fett story to be which is a pretty straightforward action heavy you know, story about Boba Fett, I guess. I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't surprise me a whole lot, but it didn't, it didn't, um, you know, I liked what was there. Okay. You? Yeah. I think, um, it's funny. Cause you know, the last episode we were like, yeah, you know, I think I, I think I kind of know what this show's going to be and I'm not like super excited about it, but you know, 
then there's this interview and mm. it's like, oh, they're promising some really big stuff. And like the stuff we've seen in the trailers is only, you know, a little bit of it. it you know, they can't spoil the big stuff. And like, oh, what's the big surprise going to be? Is it going to be, you know, like a Grogu level surprise type thing? And then, you know, when I watched it. I was like, wait, no, that was exactly what I expected. Uh-huh. uh, And well, another thing we talked about on the last episode, though, was the idea that maybe Rodriguez is a bit of a hype man, you know, (laughs) maybe a bit (laughs) because the idea that, well, we could only show the first half of the episode because the rest of the episode would give too much away. It's like, what would it give away that there's a monster with four arms? You know, I mean, like, what's the big big reveal? I don't know. Um, Okay, that was kind of a big reveal. Yeah, and something I'm very excited to talk about. But yeah, yeah, like not really. There's like nothing in like story implications that was like surprising here. Um, You know, we we knew it was going to be about him, you know, establishing himself as like, you know, a the head crime lord in Mos uh-huh. Espa. We knew that. We knew that it was also going to explain how he got out of the Sarlacc. And that's exactly what this episode was. <laughs> yeah. So then like, what do you, how do you feel about that? Cause you have not, uh, you've not passed any judgment yet. You haven't oh. made any statements about, um, yeah, that. I, I guess I thought it was okay. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, I think, um, I don't it's, know. It's I, like there's, yeah, go ahead. I just asked you a question, then I started talking over you. But uh, <laughs> as you said, there's not that much to offend anybody, or like, there's not much there that would be like, oh, that was bad, or like, you know, like, it, it's just, I can see, I, yeah, like, that's how I feel. Like, I feel like, oh, that was cool, you know, but like, I just, I'm not particularly like blown away or excited, but also like, mm-hmm. it'd be tough for me to be mad about it also. Cause you know, like <laughs> it's, uh, it's so kind of, I, I feel like it's pretty safe so far in terms mm-hmm. of what it is. You know what I mean? Um, so safe is okay. You're not going to get like wildly disappointed or like, you know, super mad about safe, but, um, also I think it's just not mega exciting so far to me um pretty sure there's some other people out there that feel differently you know what i mean boba fett fans Mm -hmm. fan more you know fans of this uh this kind of star wars thing um which is great happy for them um and i'm definitely looking forward to you know future episodes but so far i'm just like it was cool and but that's about the extent of my reaction in terms of you know how i would judge it so far Yeah, I think, like, I wouldn't say, like, safe Star Wars, like, you're, you're right, there's, like, nothing to really make you mad about this, but, um, I do feel consistently, which has been, like, a long-running theme on this show, I feel consistently frustrated with safe Star Wars, And I Mm. think this was just another example where I was like really hoping it was going to be something different and something special. And it's like, it's not only like kind of more of the same with like OT stuff, like, yep, we're back on Tatooine with uh, Tusken Raiders and shit. Like it, like there's that, but then it's also like, this also feels like really, (laughs) like riding on the coattails of Mandalorian too. Cause it also feels very Mandalorian. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you're like you're you're copying like two things right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, and again, like it's it's entertaining, but like it's you know, I think this is probably like the closest we've been to like MCU Star Wars. Mm. Where it's just like, yeah, this is inoffensive and fine. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> fans of the character are going to like it um, kind of thing. But, you know, and there's still like, this is the first episode. There's seven yeah. episodes. I think yeah. that can change. But like, as of right now, like, it's ki- I, kind of whatever to me. Huh? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. But um, I don't know. Um all that being said, I uh, rather enjoyed Tamura Morrison's um, acting throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really cool to see him kind of have the spotlight um, in playing this role. Um, gets to have the helmet off most of the time, unlike Pedro Pascal, uh, maybe mm-hmm. because he was there on set most of the time, unlike Pedro Pascal. But, uh, you know, like the uh, the fact that you you see him and you see you know, a lot of him and, and he's really the star, um, I think is, is a highlight so far and it has been cool. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's also true for Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand. Um, you know, I mean, she's not the, the star uh, in the same way Tamara Morrison is, but, um, uh, you know, I think like her role and her character so far has been uh, a highlight also. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, sort of their banter and, in in you know, her telling him he's making mistakes and all that kind of stuff has been, has been fun. So, um, or, or was good. So I enjoyed all that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah. Um, I guess just moment to moment. Um, and as you said, it's entertaining moment to moment. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, I just am curious to see where, where it's going to kind of go. Um, as far as the vision for the show, um, going forward but yeah <laughs> i guess we can just start talking specifics now yeah um because yeah. i i do want to mention like i think um two things that i did uh ab- appreciate was first of all uh straight up showing footage from attack of the clones yeah i hate that yeah that's uh <laughs> well you said you appreciate it i hate that Okay, I I think I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I said I think it's interesting um, if that's something that we're doing in Star Wars now, because um, mm. like before there was like you know with with Mandalorian it was like oh okay so flashbacks are a thing in Star Wars now okay, and then now it's like oh just cutting in footage from george's movies is uh that's a thing now okay um yeah and there's like and there's like no like because it was like a dream sequence um but but there was no like weird filter distortion or any kind of like production stuff to it. Um, it was just like, Hey, this is just like, this is just a clip from the Blu-ray. <laughs> mm. Like, uh, and so I think like that was, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I totally get why you maybe didn't have like a great reaction to that. I don't know how I feel about it, but like it is interesting that that was a choice that was made. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't like, it doesn't actually matter to me that much. It's not like I'm, you know, it's a make or break thing for me, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I I know I've mentioned this in one of the last few episodes, but, uh, Halloween kills a movie. I love did the same thing, um, Mm. more egregiously actually in Halloween kills, but, but showed footage from the old movies. And, you know, that movie also creates new scenes from the past, like from the timeline of the old Halloween movie, but it doesn't, so sometimes it goes back to that timeline and shoots new stuff. And then other times it inserts footage from the old movie. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing I hate about it uh, or don't like about it, I guess, is that it's like, you know, the idea that, well, there's there's something narratively we want to communicate. And rather than having that done through dialogue or having that done, you know, um, in a more subtle way, we'll just be like, oh, remember that time when Boba Fett found his dad's head decapitated? Like, I got to show it to you so you'll know it. It just feels like it's holding my hand, like not even holding my hands, not the right way to put it, but just feels Mm -hmm. like it's like too obvious, you know? Um, And I get it. Like, you know, opening up with him, I think it's, it makes sense from a writing perspective. And I, you know, uh, I I get it like, Hey, he's in his back to tank, you know, and we need to show um, new audiences and just show people something so that they understand kind of like where this character is coming from. And um, it's an efficient way to do that quickly. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that part of it, but just stylistically, like, I don't know. That's always my least favorite when it's like, I guess it's, yeah, that's always my least favorite when it's like, well, we'll just show you a thing from another movie. You know, I just, I, I personally, I don't like that, but, um, it doesn't really make an impact on the show overall. And, uh, I do think it makes sense to, to, to have that, you know, in, in the opening moments of the show for people who maybe don't know much about Boba Fett or whatever, you know? So, um, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, maybe. But like that scene, like out of context, I don't know if like if you didn't know anything. Also, I don't think anyone who doesn't know anything about Boba Fett is watching this show. I mean, maybe, uh, but <laughs> like I think that scene out of context, like would make even less sense to there's got to be there's got to be plenty of yeah that's true but there's got to be plenty of people who like saw the prequels once like 20 years ago and and they yeah. decided they hated them but you know think boba that <laughs> is cool as hell so they're definitely gonna watch this show and you know it might be helpful for people like that even you know what i mean yeah so i think kind of where i land on it is i didn't dislike it as much as you did in halloween kills um i mm. i i i thought like the way they kind of melded all the footage together was like the old, the new, the new old, all that. I thought that was like pretty ambitious and cool. Um, maybe not necessary, maybe not the best approach, but I just kind of appreciated it. Um, and also like, you know, I'm just, I'm just a sucker for um, attack of the clones. And, you know, there's been so much, you know, attack of the clones erasure over over mm-hmm. the years that uh you know it just just makes me kind of happy to see those uh the waves of camino and yeah. the the battle the the battle arena geonosis you know well i i yeah i hear you i used the word safe to describe this episode earlier and um 
I got to tell you, like when I saw those waves in Camino, I was like, oh man, what are we doing now? What's going to happen? Like what, uh-huh. something crazy is going to happen here. This is going to be awesome. I was like, oh no, it's just five seconds of footage. So you're like, hey, remember where he's from? These waves yeah. will remind you. That's like all it was. You know what I mean? I know. So, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I will tell you that when, when I started to see Camino, I was like, ooh, they're going to do something weird. You know, they're going to do something kind of like I did not expect. And they did not do that, which no, again, was- that's fine. Yeah. Um, no. So was that the, you know, obviously the him young, young Bobo with the helmet, like that was mm. like straight off the, the Blu-ray. Was that Camino scene? Is that like just cut from Attack of the Clones? Like, cause I couldn't like really picture it, but I don't know. Yeah, it's also I just could- like water. <laughs> so I couldn't tell either. Um, I'm not sure. Cause uh. Yeah, that's 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 hard to say. I'm I'm not sure. You know, um, you know what I'm going to do way. though. Now that I have a I have an SD TV here, I'm uh I'm gonna get the Attack of the Clones side. DVD, uh huh, and watch that because I cannot stand watching that 4K one. And even like the Blu-ray is kind of a stretch. Um, <laughs> like really? I just I I think no, the 4K Attack of the Clones looks horrible. It looks awful. Oh. Like I cannot, I cannot watch that. Um, but I'm gonna get the the old DVD set with those sweet menus, and I'm gonna watch that. Okay, I'm gonna watch okay. that via my PS2 on <laughs> my CRT TV the way George intended it in 2004 or 2003 when the DVD released, and you know Yoda Man. Hmm. Now, I think Attack of the Clones is on VHS. I don't know if uh, Revenge Ooh. of the Sith made it to VHS or not. See, Probably I, I did, would right? never, I never watched it on VHS because I had like DVD set up. I mean, Phantom Menace was, you know, one of my earliest DVDs, but yeah. I did have that on VHS prior. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I love that idea. You should do that and you should get back to us and let us know if that was footage from Attack of the Clones or if it's new uh, footage created for the Book of Boba Fett. But um, yeah, I guess the opening of the episode here is kind of a cross between footage um, from the past and then uh, really it's working up toward, um, you know, Boba's having nightmares about this stuff and it's working up toward the thing that we kind of all knew we were going to see. But uh, I think a lot of people are anticipating, of course, which is the escape from the Sarlacc pit, um, which I appreciated that it was nice and brief. You know, it was like, okay, well, in Return of the Jedi, you saw this guy get sucked down into this Sarlacc pit. So let's show you some Boba Fett in the dude's guts. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I thought it was cool. I liked seeing the... uh, like he's he's in there getting squished by these intestines or whatever's happening there, and he's like, "Oh, there's a stormtrooper over there." Um, I thought it was pretty pretty um, cool, and um, dare I say it was like kind of Rodriguez esque that he's like, "Let me just go snatch the breathing tube off of that stormtrooper's like helmet or whatever, and get a big breath out of that before I like light these guts on fire and fly out mm-hmm. of this uh, <laughs> climb out of the Sarlacc pit." Like it was all pretty, um, I don't know, pretty intense and, and pretty cool actually. Uh, I think they did maybe go a little more subtle with, well, it's weird to say that a guy like being squished by intestines and sucking on some dead stormtroopers air tube is subtle. But I guess what I mean is like they could have made a big like 10 minute action sequence out of this, but it was, it was briefer than I thought they might've done. But, um, 
probably still just as effective. Definitely tough. Um, he punches his hands through the guts of this thing, like of the Sarlacc. It's, it's pretty tough, you know, but um, I actually did enjoy it and I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there we go. Like, that's what uh, that's what the inside of a Sarlacc looks like. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I thought that was uh, that was a, a fine way to do that. And I'm glad it was quick. Um, and because like, you know, we had talked about before, like, you know, I don't really like care about <laughs> like the how of it. Like, um, so I, you know, I'd hope they didn't belabor that. Um, and they didn't. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, I thought they might show footage from Return of the Jedi because uh, they, you know, like to, <laughs> to remind you of like how that happened or whatever. Um, they didn't do that. So they were a little more subtle than that, I guess, at least you would say. Um, so or subtle is not the right word, but, you know, a little more reserved, I guess, um, or didn't feel the need to completely be like, let's show you the thing from the other thing, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was something that the show probably needed to address for a lot of people. And um, I think the way they uh, they went about it was pretty cool. made sense. Um, definitely had a little more of like a tough guy kind of element to it than, than a lot of Star Wars stuff does. But I think that uh, this is the place to do that. This show is probably the place to do that, you know, um, if you're going to do that in Star Wars. So it, uh, it all worked out pretty well for me there. I also enjoyed the hand punching out of the sand. Um, shot just like a zombie movie, you know? Yeah. Um, with the hand punching up out of the ground. I thought that was cool. Um, so from there, uh, once we realize he, you know, does make it out, um, it's pretty clear that he's just about dead, uh, out there in Tatooine. Um, some, some, uh, Jawas come and seal all of his gear and, uh, leave him for dead, you know? Um, and then of course the, uh, the Tusken Raiders, uh, find him and uh, make him a prisoner, which um, I think was good. Um, I don't know about you, but they had shown some Tuscan Raiders in a sandstorm in some of the promotional material and um, definitely felt like they were going to be part of him surviving the Sarlacc or part of his story post Sarlacc. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm glad that they were captors, you know, for a long time um, before he begrudgingly earned their respect or whatever. Cause uh, mm-hmm. As much as like it's cool that the Mandalorian has tried to humanize the Tusken Rangers a little bit and stuff, like I just feel like from what we know about them and their interactions with most of the people on Tatooine or whatever, it would have been um it wouldn't attract for them to just be like, Oh, we should rescue Boba Fett and be nice to him, you know. So uh I like the way that they um kind of incorporated the uh the Tusken Raiders in um into this episode and into Boba Fett's um resurrection um because they they still do treat them with i feel like they do depict them with more respect than say the original trilogy did or Mm -hmm. you know when they were first introduced but it's also they're still pretty savage right um in terms of how they treat him uh and uh that kind of thing so it all kind of fit what i would expect from from the tuscan raiders at this point yeah i uh you know, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think this does, you know, kind of continue to uh, to humanize them. 
Um, but in like their own way, it, it, it gives us more of their culture, which Mm -hmm. in turn humanizes them because like humanizing doesn't just mean like, Oh, everyone's nice. Right. It, it means to like actually show, you know, um, and explain some of the culture than, than just making them like kind of one note, uh, you know, foreign menaces or whatever. Um, so I do think like him earning their respect in like a pretty interesting way. Um, because like that some okay something i do like about this episode is um and those scenes in particular is just the utter lack of dialogue um yeah, there's like yeah. no talking for like the first like 5 to 10 minutes of this show uh which is fantastic um and uh and then like the 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 sequence in like jumping ahead a bit um where um, you know, they they cut the head off of uh Goro slash Kentaro from Mortal Kombat and <laughs> uh like they they bring it back um and the like Tuscan youngling is you know he's getting all the praise and stuff, but like I think the the chief or whoever, you know, that higher powered um Tuscan is like kind of knows that it was Boba Fett. That's kind of what I gleaned from that. And so he's like, Hey, you can drink this water. Like, you know, cause he earned the respect. Sure. 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 Yeah. 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 Definitely. And uh, I enjoyed the, uh, do we think it's like a, a, like a teenage, um, Tuscan Raider that he goes out with when he fights Kintaro or whatever he called him? Like, is that. Yeah. I think like Boba actually calls him a youngling. Oh, that's so, right. That's right. Yeah. Like a, a, yeah, like a kid to tween age mm. is now, is that is that the line that you wanted to ask Dave um Hackerson about? No. So that's oh. um we're going to um jump around a bit more here. Um yeah. the so going to like the I guess present tense um part of the show. Um Boba or uh, no, someone else calls uh, Boba when he's on the on the throne uh, refers to him as Daimyo. And that is a it's a a Japanese word um, that goes back to like the warring states period feudal Japan. Um, That's, you know, like a a leader. Um there like a you know um like a boss uh mm. kind of person and so yeah i uh you know dave and i exchanged some dms about it um he didn't love the use of the word and you know we can he uh hopefully he'll like you know write in to explain or we can have him on the show or something to explain a little more but he didn't like the use of the word because it is so like you know kind of 
it's a word from a very specific period of time that means a very specific thing. Um, he thought that like a word um, like Oyabun, uh, which is like a Yakuza boss, would have been more appropriate, um, which I think makes sense. Um, and I think that's a cool discussion to have. Um, for me, I think it's, you know, Star Wars has always just been like fast and loose with its, you know, samurai uh, inspiration, um, you know, in George's original films and uh, also just the, uh, you know, the the Disney era, especially like Filoni's stuff um, has, you know, been bringing in a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of those samurai film references and such and you know i think it's more of just like kind of the way they just play with like westerns um as well um in like i don't know i th- i feel like it's just them you know kind of throwing in you know a japanese word um you know from these you know samurai films that inspired star wars just because kind of but i don't i don't know you know i don't know how good of a thing that is also so um yeah i'd love to you know talk more about that um with dave and have him chime in a bit more because he's definitely more of an expert on japanese culture and i think um you know there's probably a conversation to be had like what's you know there's a thin line between influence and appreciation and appropriation and you know i think that's a that's an interesting discussion to have yeah uh you mentioned feloni uh one thing i noticed uh looking at the credits after the episode um he seems i mean i mean i know he's involved in uh, book of boba fett but uh, I have a feeling maybe he's um, a little busy with Ahsoka as they're working on Book of Boba Fett or or something like that because um, he definitely seems just based on the credits to be a little less uh, involved in this. You know, it's like created by John Favreau. Um, forget what the other um, credit Favlo, Favreau got um, that was kind of an individual credit, but this is directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, Filoni has an executive producer credit, but yeah, his name was not super present in the credits um, at the end of the episode. So um, I think he's probably definitely less involved with this than he was with seasons one and two of the Mandalorian, Mm. Um, you know, just as an aside, I don't know um, that I would have necessarily thought that just watching the episode. Um, I mean, I definitely feel the Rodriguez influence, but um, I don't know that I would have missed Filoni's influence on it, but uh, the credits kind of, you know, I just feel like he's a little less involved based on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so it opens up, the episode opens up with his escape and then, you know, he's found by the Tuscans. We kind of already talked about the the sort of process he goes through with them of earning their respect, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. We're bouncing around, so I'm sure we'll come back to it a little bit maybe, but then, um, the episode bounces around too, because you know, it, it, it starts in present day, I guess you would call it with Boba in his back to tank. And then he's remembering sort of what happened, having these nightmares. Um, and then Fennec Shand comes and wakes him up and is like, look, dude, you're the Godfather. You got to go collect your, your, uh, tributes. You got to go get your, your money from, uh, the rest of the community or whatever. Um, and 
yeah, I don't know. Um, the opening shots of the episode kind of showed these like panning camera uh, shots of like different rooms in Jabba's palace. And it just felt like the speed of the motion and the way one shot like dissolved into another. It didn't feel very Star Wars. It didn't seem like shots and transitions that we were used to in Star Wars movies. Um, uh-huh. and, and then when she wakes him up <laughs> and he gets out of his back to tank, they're like, okay, let's do the montage of shots, like showing him getting equipped with all of his armor and stuff. You know, it's like close up on his knees. So he puts weird. the knee pad on, the gauntlets on his wrists. And like, I mean, you say so weird, but I, I've seen it in a million action movies, you know, um, like the karate kid when he's going to get ready to go, like, you know, be in his all Valley tournament or something. I'm sure they probably showed him like, you know, putting on the different parts of his gear, whatever. It's just like, it's a, it's a, it's a common trope in action movies, but boy, did it feel, um, less familiar in star Wars, I guess you'd say. Yeah. That's what I meant by so weird. It was weird for star Wars. Um, to me, like what immediately springs to mind is the, uh, 1993, uh, PC engine CD, uh, intro to Castlevania Rondo of blood. Mm. I would uh, imagine that's what most people thought of when they saw the <laughs> saw the sequence. Yeah. Like that's immediately I was like watching kind of a touchstone like, for all of us. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh man, yeah. I kinda wanna wanna play that uh you know Japanese exclusive uh PC engine C D game right now. Uh yeah. but uh, always a good idea. It is is a really good deal. A really good game. Uh and idea. Um yeah, but that was that was weird. I think like, yeah, the transitions and the the use of wipes and stuff felt really uh really weird uh in this film because there's sometimes where like i was noticing the wipes yep um which is weird because i don't usually in star wars but i also was noticing what you were talking about where i was like this is just like edited strangely uh some of these transitions and stuff were um just and i think like yeah there's just i think i need to like kind of watch it more and like really think about the you know uh the cinematic elements of it but i think the uh just the visual quality overall combined with the um you know the the strange wipes and editing and transitions uh it it definitely felt weird um to me and i think like just like no attempt at using like any thing like resembling like filters or anything <laughs> uh you know to even give it like kind of a you know artificial filmic look or anything like there's none of this like this looks like a tv show shot on your iphone (laughs) and uh uh, it's uh i don't know it it kind of took me out of it like pretty much the whole time yeah uh well yeah i mean i think i don't know i think it looks good like i'm i'm i have it kind of like playing um or i'm i'm just kind of skimming through parts of it as we're discussing it and um it's not like, I don't know. It's not like it's like looks low quality. Uh, I know you keep using the word like super high quality, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the fidelity of it and everything. It's like crystal clear and all that sort of uh, kind of vibe. But like the lighting, um, uh, boy, I don't know. It, I think it looks good. It just, it looks really different um, in a lot of ways than 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 what 
we're used to with Star Wars, you know? So, yeah. um, I, I wouldn't want to give the impression, at least for me anyways, that it, 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 it isn't like well shot or like well, um, crafted. It's just like in a real different way than kind of what we're used to. And, you know, maybe not a way I prefer, um, I guess, but, uh, but I don't know. I mean, a lot of it looks fine and looks good. And even like the camera movements and the dissolves and things, it's not that they're, it's not that they come across as like poorly done for me or anything. It's just that they come across as like really distinct in terms of not distinct in terms of like, Oh, this is something new I've never seen before. Just distinct in terms of like, this is something I haven't really seen in star Wars, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's just a little surprising but uh again you know i I don't think that's a bad thing like if you're gonna hire robert rodriguez to come in and do you know your star wars project or hire you know anyone who has a distinctive look or style or way of approaching Mm -hmm. you know making movies and in television you know uh, it's probably especially now this far into this modern era of star wars storytelling it probably is. Um, it makes sense to say, what do you bring to the table and, and give it a little bit of your flair and a little bit of your look, you know what I mean? Instead of just please come in and be like, you know, um, obsessively, uh, true to, you know, recreating something that's already come before, you know, and, and you had kind of said earlier in the um, episode here, Ryan, that you, you feel like, you know, in some ways it's too worried about, you know, the original trilogy and stuck in that kind of thing or whatever, um, in terms of like the story and character and plot elements and things like that, but, um, and setting, I guess, but, uh, you know, at least from a visual perspective, it's, it's, it's not just like, let's serve you up the same star Wars you always, you know, get, it's doing something pretty different, um, there, you know what I mean? Uh, again, I'm not totally sure. It's yeah. I, <laughs> You don't think so? <laughs> well, I mean, I think like I I can't really chalk that up to like a net positive though. <laughs> like to cuz really, if anything, it feels more like, you know, someone who can't let go shooting a fan film. Can't let go of what? Like shit that happened 40 years ago. Well, right, but no, so that part, yes, but like if you're going to I don't know that I necessarily even agree with that, but let's just say I agree that like mm-hmm. this is a fan film made by people who can't let go of shit from 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. At least they're shooting it in a way that's different than how it looked 40 years ago. Like they're doing something different than like just from a cinematic visual editing, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like that's better than it, it. Like, I guess what I'm saying is it, in terms of all the different pieces of the recipe here, mm-hmm. like some of the pieces are, are distinct and different than what we're used to. So that's better than all of them being the same for, you know, not even better. That's just bring somebody in, let them bring what they like their own unique kind of spin on it. And I think like what Rodriguez is bringing to this episode anyways, is like an emphasis on kinetic action sequences. And also, you know, like there's a little bit of visual flair or approach that is, I think, you know, his taste and his style versus a a director who has their own taste and style, but then they come in and you say, but you can't use that. You got to do the same. You have to have the same camera movements, the same wipes, the same everything that all the other Star Wars stuff had before. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think that is maybe a good thing overall, as far as the future of Star Wars goes, just to like, 
be okay with letting people put their own stamp on it visually. Yeah, I just I think the the fan film part like comes from like this is you know no you know no not like a huge disrespect to people who make fan films but like this is generally kind of what like modern fan films look like um because they're just shot you know cheaply with all digital materials and that's just kind of what you know what it kind of looks like um what you get as your sort of result and um you know and i think in you know in some ways like i think you know bringing rodriguez in to do this is probably like a good business move for disney because he's probably doing it at like a pretty cheap level because that's been his entire thing is like guerrilla filmmaking you know making Mm -hmm. the best uh thing you can with the you know least amount of money (laughs) um and so i think it is like successful in that way and that is like you know there's something cool about that um but uh yeah it still kind of doesn't really change the fact that i don't really like the way it looks okay okay yeah um all right well let's move on from that just because like uh, i don't know i feel like i don't uh, I've I've reached the uh, the peak of what I can offer in terms of like technical <laughs> elements of of the filmmaking. You know what I mean? Same, um, same. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like basically like I because I don't have all the answers. Like I'm not a film critic. Like I'm not a film expert. Like to me, like it's just from being like a viewer and being like, yeah, this looks. I don't like the way this looks because it looks very digital. And, you know, that may mean different things to different people, but that's kind of what's like going in my head. So it's just interesting, though, because here I said, like, well, we'll stop talking about that, except for, um, you know, like, it seems to me that the Mandalorian is just as as digital, you know, and that Mm -hmm. this uses the stagecraft technology and so did Mandalorian. And, you know, I wonder what the because I do feel like it looks different than Mandalorian did. Um but I wonder what the disconnect is there because it's not like they went to Austin, Texas where Robert Rodriguez filmed his stuff and did it there with his technology and his budget. You know what I mean? Like he came to where they shoot the Mandalorian, I think, and shot it there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like gotta be much of the same crew. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where the, 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 the different look kind of comes from because, maybe he just had a smaller budget i guess but it just it doesn't seem like it should look Mm -hmm. much different unless it's a a choice you know what i mean like a stylistic thing um intentionally you know so or or, um, i mean or they just ran out of time and like weren't able to do like that final kind of pass um hmm. like you know the 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 overall look and i don't i don't mean like the you know like none of the effects or anything look bad in it yeah. um there's nothing like jarring there like it you know it all it all looks like every piece looks good but like the whole thing there's just like this sheen or like a lack of sheen <laughs> over it that it just uh yeah i don't know um but yeah, like it seems like well lit and well 
you know, well shot and everything like that and all the effects work and like that side of post-production looks good, but it's also, I don't know. It just looks, it looks so clean and especially the, the brighter scenes Mm -hmm. like just, yeah. Yeah. They look like what people who hate the prequels think the prequels look like and complain Mm -hmm. about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, California Chris agrees with you, by the way. He he used the term clean to describe uh, the footage he had seen so far multiple times. So mm. he is a uh, he, he actually knows. So. He's the guy we yeah. should be asking about this. Yeah. 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 He hasn't watched it yet. But um, you know what they did not run out of is green paint to paint this uh, shirtless buff hunky guy that works in the um, in the uh, what would you call it? The not casino, but the I guess the cantina. Uh, yeah, scene. I was. Uh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed. Seeing, I like that too. Yeah, uh, a hunky, a hunky dude, um, along with the uh, attractive female alien. You know, um, uh, what is that? So, what is that race called? I was hoping you wouldn't ask me because I certainly should is know. It I Twilight. Twilight. Yes. Yeah. Twilight. So. Yeah. Um, Although there's yeah. two races with the Laku, right? Which um, yeah, because there's had tails. Tur- though because there's what um ahsoka uh, yeah ahsoka Tor- yeah torguda Tor- oh okay. yeah well never mind we're not talking about that we're talking yeah. about the twi'leks and i'm glad I, yeah. that uh male twi'leks are being objectified in exactly. star wars exactly. i think that's good i like exactly. it exactly yes yeah uh yeah i agree um also i so far have enjoyed the uh the the thing with the um Gamorian guards, you know, um, Boba said, if you'll be loyal to me, I'll spare you, you know, and then they, they come back mm-hmm. to help him later on in the episode. Of course, mm-hmm. Fennec told him it was a bad idea. He shouldn't do it. So, um, remains to be seen like where that will go. Ultimately, um, I would assume something's going to happen with, uh, you know, with, um, with those characters, uh, where their loyalty will be, loyalty will be tested or, you know, something like that. Cause there was, you think so? there's not, I did well. I, I would imagine. I mean, unless the idea was just to show that like Fennec is unnecessarily, um, you know, uh, suspicious of everybody. Because um, yeah, there's not that many lines of dialogue in this episode, and uh, yeah, a handful of them focused on <laughs> on that. So uh, I don't know. Um, but I That's thought it was true. cool. What do you think? About I, I thought min- like the full payoff was just you know, that they came to his aid and that was kind of like the end of that yeah. story. I don't it could be. It could be. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Or maybe that was on. the big surprise that Rodriguez couldn't believe <laughs> he was allowed to do. <laughs> yeah, that that's possible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, no, I think that that's, I, I'm sure that that comment will, um, will, will turn out to be, you know, true or, or, you know, we'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, totally. Um, once, <laughs> once we see some more episodes, but, um, yeah, I didn't uh, didn't feel like there was any huge surprises at the end of this one. Um, he may have thought, well, no, never mind. Okay, whatever. How about the ninjas? Did you like the ninjas with the uh, the red shields and the um, <laughs> you know the rooftop chase and all that? Um, yeah, the the like uh, uh, them being like circled um, that like wasn't like super interesting to me, but I did like. Um, I thought the rooftop chase was cool. Um, and I thought, uh, you know, that was just, it, again, it was like kind of what you, 
mentioned earlier with the gear up, like it's a very, uh, very tropey action movie thing. But um, it's something that like, you know, seeing it in the context of um, Star Wars, specifically jumping across buildings on Tatooine was like, huh, this is interesting. Like, it's kind of cool. And I like the way that, you know, the way it kind of wrapped up where Fennec realized she only needed one of those dudes alive and just like pushed the one dude off the building. Yeah. Um, I, I did enjoy that. Um, so yeah, thought that scene was cool. Yeah, I did too. Um, I enjoyed it. Like in the trailers, I didn't love that. I just thought like visually it looked a little too, I don't know. Um, it just, it was, I don't know. Yeah. Actually even just looking at shots of it now, like those red laser shields or whatever they are, they look pretty like generic sci-fi kind of thing um, mm-hmm. in practice to a certain extent. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I didn't love the look of those, but, um, but the sequence was pretty fun. I thought, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed the way that played out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then uh, from there, um, the, the episode kind of wraps up with the, um, the, the big fight with, uh, with um, Boba uh, recently, rescued from the Sarlacc pit, uh, Boba, um, fighting that four armed Ray Harryhausen monster. Um, mm, yeah, which was cool. Uh, does he have four arms or six? I think four, well, two legs, four arms, right? Or six legs. I don't know. What do yeah. you call it? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, uh, bipedal. Like there's a, there's a lot of things, mm. um, that, that, that dude can do. Um, mm-hmm. I would say clear, clear highlight of uh of the episode for me um was that that weirdo dude um very very uh the boss mortal Kombat (laughs) vibes um for sure like you said very ray harryhausen uh i thought i thought he was great uh i think he's great too i think he's 500 has lab let's fund it (laughs) I think and 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 have the um have the stretch goal be a Luke Skywalker in black robe. Um yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um I think he's probably all CG, but they mm-hmm. uh, and I could be wrong, but I think he's all CG, but they totally animated him like a stop motion puppet like intentionally, you know. He looked great. Um he did. And actually now I'm seeing some close-ups on the face and I they definitely probably made at least a rubber mask, um, you know, and then the, the, the Tuscan younglings carrying that head around for a while. Um, <laughs> so, it'll, you know, hopefully we'll get a, um, uh, a gallery episode or two about the book of Boba Fett here. And maybe they'll, they'll get into that a little bit. Um, I think too, you know, one thing we should talk about, um, cause I did accuse the show earlier of, of, um, being pretty simple and straightforward and just a cool action episode or whatever, um, but I, I, I really did think it was pretty, um, smart and well done the way he killed that, uh, that creature with chains, you know, and choked it out just like Leia did to Jabba. Um, oh, yeah. and then it, and it kind of really emphasized him holding the chains too, you know, cause if you think about it, like in this sequence, he is a prisoner of the Tusken Raiders and, uh, you know, kind of earns his freedom, you know, um, with the, the very, uh, tool or implement that is, you know, 
um, imprisoning him, right? Like, and, and I think it's both cool that he's using the chains that they're imprisoning him with to kind of free himself. Um, and then I think that's also a nod to Leia and, um, you know, her, her killing Jabba the Hutt in Return of the Jedi, you know, with a similar, you know, that scene having similar symbolism or imagery as well. So. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but, um, from there they go back and, and they carry that head around for a long time and uh, show it off to mm-hmm. every single Tuscan Raider in the village. And, uh, as you said, the chief or whoever he is, um, you know, hands, uh, hands Boba that, that melon full of water or whatever it is. And <laughs> as a sign of respect. And I think we know now that, um, you know, he, he earned his freedom in that moment. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's elevated himself, um, uh, from being a, a prisoner of the, the Tuscan Raiders. So that's how the episode ends. It'll be curious to see then, like, I'm, I, uh, are they going to continue to kind of tell his story in the past concurrently while telling his, his story in the present, um, you know, of this narrative or is this episode, the one episode where, okay, well we had to go back to show you how he, you know, got survived the Sarlacc, but you know, from chapter two on, it will be all be Mm -hmm. kind of present day Boba Fett. What do you think is, how do you think they'll tackle that? I mean, I don't know how they're going to tackle it. I would say what I want is them to just not do any more flashback stuff. I don't really feel like it's necessary. Um, I think, you know, we kind of know he was like, you know, wandering the sands of tattooing, trying to get his gear back. And like, well, and we know how he gets his gear back too. Yeah, Yeah. And we saw how that shakes out in Mandalorian. So I don't, I don't really uh, know how much more we need. I, of that of the flashback stuff but i don't know i maybe maybe we need every minute of that filled in (laughs) (laughs) well i think it just depends on what they what they choose to use it for you know if it's if if they go back in order to kind of explore his motivation and you know kind of enrich our understanding of the character in in some way you know i could see that being a good choice and and being I don't know if necessary is the right word, but like a way to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I would say I, I also have a little fear that they may just kind of continue to focus on his past because it's just answering questions that, you know, lore questions or, or things that people will think are cool, but don't, you know, necessarily feel vital to the story. Um, the more interesting probably story of like who he is now and what he's trying to do um, mm-hmm. in in the kind of current timeline of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the way this episode ended was like pretty good. Um, I actually like um, I think like there was kind of that there was that feeling of like waiting for the big surprise or big reveal. And there isn't one in this episode. And that's fine. <laughs> um but it's just kind of weird because it was like kind of hyped that way um or i don't know if it was you know fans just misinterpreting or you know stretching um yeah. the the interview content we have but I, I feel like they kind of rodriguez in particular kind of hyped 
um some of it but you know the end it, the episode just ends on like a you know pretty uh pretty chill note and i thought it was like a good good way to end and i think that's a good way to end that story and then mm-hmm. just like have the rest of it take place in you know the quote unquote modern era but i don't know maybe there's something like you know maybe there's important details um to uh to kind of get from more flashback stuff but i don't really feel like i need it but who knows who knows what i need <laughs> disney yeah. knows that's for they, star they wars to tell me. you yeah. yeah they will get they will give me what i need yeah you didn't know you needed like um like money shots of boba fett's knee pads and arm gauntlets and stuff being put on by robots but you found out today that you did so well, i don't think i needed that but i did need <laughs> that four to six arm dude for sure yeah. i yeah. did need that guy for sure yep 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 um yeah, yeah, yeah. So as we kind of wrap up our, our initial impressions here of uh, this first episode, I guess I'll just reiterate that, um, you know, I did enjoy it. I think it's good. Um, I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Um, but I also think I was, at least so far, I was right to be like, okay, well, this is going to be a kind of a straightforward, action-heavy, you know, yeah, straightforward kind of story about this Boba Fett character. Um, I ex- still expect cameos and surprises um in the future here but uh you know it'll be interesting i'm really curious to see if this first chapter this first episode is you know just very um much about establishing where we are and like who the character is and then the next six are gonna go off in different directions and and kind of um, be a little more ambitious and you know surprise us a little more or if it's you know, this is one chapter and a sort of steady, straightforward look at like a period in Boba Fett's life. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'm fine with that. You know, I, I, I'm i definitely like I'm fine with that. But I'm just curious to kind of see uh, where it goes as far as all that goes. And also, I'm still pretty convinced it it's going to have some kind of significant tie into the Mandalorian season three and the whole larger Mandalorian story. Um, and not just like you saw Boba Fett in the Mandalorian. And so we'll go over to the side and do like a whole Boba Fett story. Um, uh, just like adjacent to the Mandalorian. I think they will. I mean, I think it's, you know, primarily going to be Boba Fett story, obviously, but um, I, I have a feeling it will, it will contribute in some kind of significant way to where we're going with the Mandalorian also. Um, and, uh, you know, like I was saying before, you know, it, it, uh, even as the show wraps up here, uh, the, the credits and the, <laughs> you know, it shows, um, the, uh, concept art over the credits and, you know, it's, I mean, just presentation wise, very much in line with the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it makes me feel like it's Mandalorian season 2.5, um, as much as it is book of Boba Fett, at least in the way it's presented. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 curious and kind of looking forward to seeing how that all factors into the the Mandalorian connections. Also, something we haven't talked about is the music, which yeah. um, you know we got we got uh, Ludwig 
in there again, um, mm-hmm. but also someone else. He's not the sole composer, and I did not write down the other composer's name. Um, but well, I think the big takeaway here is like this is the music for this show is cut from the the Mandalorian cloth and not the the John Williams. Yeah, certainly, certainly, yeah. And, yeah, I think the theme is by Ludwig, and then the rest of the music and score is um, by the other composer whose name, I'm just waiting for it to pop up here any second. It will on the credits. Um, mm. But it hasn't yet, but it will. Okay. Music themes by Ludwig Gorenson. Score by Joseph Shirley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But it's very much in that style of Mando's music mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. again like is something that felt extremely fresh when mando came out because there was like you know i think when that when that first episode dropped like i think we all were collectively like whoa this is a this is a paradigm shift on star wars music and you know mm-hmm. some people liked it some people didn't i think we i think pretty much everyone kind of came around to it um, you know, and, until there was the the dubstep troopers, uh, and then it kind of like the convo flared up again. <laughs> like, um, but I think you know that was really fresh and exciting. Um, at the time for Mando, and then we kind of like settled into it as like a new normal. Um, and then this, uh, you know, this is kind of more of that uh, that normal. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So again, like it's, I guess, yeah. I mean, Mandalorian season 2.5 is, well, you're right. It probably will end up being that story wise. Um, I think this story will probably head there, but if not, even just in the, the presentation, um, I think it's definitely, you know, the, successor Mm. yeah 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 and there's still a lot on the table too in terms of like boba fett is a clone and you know um the episode opened up with the waves of camino but then Mm -hmm. it really did not in any way address like his nature as a clone from there but i think the show um will have to do that and um that is something that you know could be pretty narratively rich and interesting and um, I know we've talked about it before. You've you've pointed out that they've explored clone issues pretty significantly in other <laughs> other series, right? But uh, mm-hmm. I still think um, you know it'll be it'll be uh, something worth revisiting here in this show. And uh, yeah, um, curious to see where it goes. Uh, enjoyed the first episode. Also felt like what I thought it was going to be, more um, you know what I expected. So, uh, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm just I'm not entirely sure. You know, um, I guess how would I be? But I'm not entirely sure what the rest of the season will be and, and the focus of it will be. So I'm kind of looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, I think kind of where I land with it is like, you know, I'm I'm excited to watch the next episode um, when it happens, but more so because it's you know live action star wars on tv that i can just turn mm-hmm. on my tv and watch while i'm mm-hmm. drinking a cup of coffee <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and like hey that's something cool like in the same way like 
you know, I'm excited that uh, wrestling's on tonight, but it's not like, you know, but when there's like not like, oh, oh, there's this like really hot feud and it's all coming to a head and like I don't know where they're going to go with it. Like sometimes you're like, yeah, this is just a thing I can have on now that I generally enjoy. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about this, because like, you know, this episode, it didn't really. There's not like there's conflict, but there's not really anything I'm like super invested in um there's not really like a hook um i guess maybe like boba's like illness and his need to kind of go back to the um i guess bakta tank um is a, i assume what that is um yeah but uh you know like and maybe he's you know his body's going to be gradually deteriorating um because they did you know kind of make a point that like He's not a hundred percent anymore. Um, yeah, that's true. So I think that's that's probably the most compelling thing. But like, as far as like you know the relationships with the different crime people and stuff, like I don't like super care. Um, you know, I guess there's you gotta be itching to meet the mayor you've gotta be itching to meet the mayor the mayor part yeah which we (laughs) saw the mayor in um one of the commercials um for it um i gotta be honest uh, with you i kind of stopped watching the commercials because it's like the same footage in every commercial yeah with like three seconds of new yeah and rodriguez told me the super huge spoiler from the end of the episode um, wouldn't be in the commercials anyway. So, you know, wasn't in the episode, but it wasn't in the commercials. So, you know, like it's fine. Yeah. Um, no, the, the mayor is, uh, is like a, a hammerhead dude. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I did see him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but, um, yeah, that, that segment was like kind of entertaining, um, with the mayor's domo, uh-huh. um, the major domo, like, uh it was it was kind of entertaining <laughs> i don't know I, I feel like i'm grasping at straws at this he's point. no bit fortuna you know what i mean that's yeah. a major domo yeah that's true yeah emphasis on major yeah. uh-huh yeah yeah real big yeah okay well why don't we uh why don't we wrap up the episode here then ryan but uh mm-hmm, of course mm-hmm. we will we'll look forward to um next week's episode of the book of boba fett I'm sure we'll probably wait until the weekend to record about it unless it features like, I don't know, uh, Dash Rendar or something. Then we might convene on Wednesday night and record an emergency episode. But otherwise, yeah. we'll probably... If, if there's a Robert Rodriguez level major event, then we'll have to stop and record. Mm. What is a Robert Rodriguez level like major event? What do you mean? We don't even know what that is yet. Uh oh oh you yeah I I got it I got you this the stuff he was teasing in the in the interview yeah. if it has some yeah. yeah gotcha 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 I thought you meant maybe like another scene of like a character being like having all their armor put on them by a droid or something you know I mean we, um, we can also talk about that yeah <laughs> all right cool hmm. you have COVID I might have COVID <laughs> um, good times uh, yeah. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for listening to our um, our uh, reaction here to the initial episode of the Book of Boba Fett. We will be back next week with another episode. 
about chapter two of the book of Boba Fett and maybe some other stuff too. It depends on what happens in the world of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Until then, you can find all of our previous stuff at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. We uh, would truly love to hear what you think about um, Mm -hmm. this first episode Mm -hmm. of the book of Boba Fett. So if you want to share your thoughts or tell us what we got wrong or um, anything like that, you can email the show blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com or you can message us on Twitter uh, the show's Twitter account is at Blockade Run. Ryan, your personal Twitter account is? Via Malay, V-A-Y-A-M-A-L-A-Y. All right, you got it right this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks again. We'll be back next week in the new year to talk about Chapter 2 of the Book of Boba Fett. We are all the Republic.